Bible has just came to life. Trying to frame the world in good sentences. Basically, a trauma center that was set up in a tent. The impact that pastors had on me. Obviously, the Bible is this ancient text. I got sucked into the Bible now, and I'm about to say my role. Welcome to Passages Voice. Short interviews from the many voices of Passages. From the ones that make the magic happen behind the scenes, to the real heroes of our program, our alumni. Hello everyone, this is Rachel. Today we are chatting about the historic event of the move of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And Jeremy, our Managing Director, got to catch up with Scott Phillips, the Executive Director of Passages, and Luke Moon, the Deputy Director of the Philos Project. We are excited that all summer long we will be bringing you updates like this real-time from the ground in Israel. And if you go to passagesisrael.org, backslash subscribe to Pulse, you can get these updates to whatever inbox you choose all summer long. You don't want to miss out on this. But join Jeremy as he chats with Scott and Luke. Hey, Scott. Uh, how's it going? Where are you uh, right now? Hey there, everybody. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I am excited about heading to Israel tomorrow uh, to uh, be there for I guess a little over six weeks just to welcome, you know, almost 2000 passages participants to Israel this summer. Yep. Uh, it's going to be exciting. This is my last day in the office. I'm running around a little crazy packing, getting some things ready. Um, but before we, ha we head off, um, some exciting things happened today uh, in Jerusalem. And so I wanted to just kind of jump on the phone with you and hear your thoughts on what happened. So yeah. uh, just to start us off uh, for maybe those that were, living under a rock today. Uh, what happened in Jerusalem today? And um, also, what were some of the events in the last few months that led us up to this point? Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, that's a great question. Today really is, uh, it's a big day. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge day for Israel, a huge day for the United States. And I think arguably could be a big day for the world as well in the region. So um, today, uh, there was a dedication ceremony uh, for the brand new uh, U.S. Embassy uh, in Israel, uh, specifically being moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, and so, so that's opening up today. It's, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's a huge day. Um, some of the things actually that I think the way we have to look at this is we have to go back to 1995, really, just as a just to give some context to to how this all ended up this day and why it is such a big day. Some of you may be sort of wondering why is it such a big deal that the American Embassy is in Jerusalem. Some of you may know, but some of you may be asking that question. So I just want to help fill in the blanks a little bit, um, Jeremy, to answer your question. Um, back in 1995, uh, the U.S. Congress um, passed a law. It was bipartisan, Republicans, Democrats, everybody agreed on it. It was overwhelming, um, you know, overwhelmingly passed um, both houses of Congress. And it stated that the United States Embassy uh, should not be based uh, in, in, in Tel Aviv, uh, but it should be based in Jerusalem um, because uh, all of our other embassies uh, in the world, uh, U.S. embassies in the world, are based in that country's capital. So why should it be any different? Uh, for Israel's capital, uh, Israel's um, embassy, U.S. embassy in Israel to be based in its chosen capital of Jerusalem. But instead, the capital um, or the embassy had been based in Tel Aviv uh, for years uh, because of the contention uh, with 
um, you know, with sort of a whole peace process, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And so it was in Tel Aviv for years. But in 1995, Congress came together and said, let's move the embassy to Jerusalem, which is, uh, in effect, the capital of Israel. Um, and President Clinton signed that. Uh, it became law, but there was one particular little uh, waiver that was put in place there that an American president, for security reasons, uh, could, or national security reasons, security reasons in general, could waive, uh, waive the move of the embassy for six months um, for those reasons. And that was a tool that's sort of in the president's tool belt. Every president since that bill was signed, including President Bill Clinton, uh, President George W. Bush, uh, President Barack Obama all decided that, you know, it was within uh, America's best interest to waive that every six months since 1995. Um, the main reason being that it would interfere with the United States efforts to broker a peace treaty between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And so uh, president at every president, uh, presidential candidate uh, since then has campaigned and said, we're going to move uh, the embassy uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And uh, every person that has campaigned and has become president uh, didn't end up actually moving the embassy to Jerusalem. And so uh, basically you have Donald Trump, uh, then candidate Donald Trump, who uh, also made the promise that the United States would move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Because in effect, that's where Israel's capital is and that's where all of its government activities happen. Uh, so everyone was sort of asking the question, uh, is, is, uh, will a President Trump uh, actually fulfill his promise and move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Uh, people had high hopes, but it wasn't certain. Uh, president Trump, uh, when he became president, um, he, he did waive the moving of the embassy, but it, when he waived it, he said, we're going to do it. It's in the future, it just has to be the right timing. And so we found out a few months back, a few months ago, uh, that uh, President Trump announced that he would, in fact, move the embassy from the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv uh, to Jerusalem and that it would happen uh, today on May 14th, uh, the same day that Israel celebrates its independence. Also so happens on the Jewish calendar that today is the, uh, today is the uh, celebration uh, called Jerusalem Day. It's the day that Jerusalem was unified. Um, and uh, it's, so it's a big day. And those are the, really the events that led up, that led up to this. Great. Um, so um, what, is, there, is there any initial response or reaction currently uh, in the international community? Uh, really, uh, most countries have, uh, including the, so the European Union and other countries across the world, have tried to distance themselves from uh, from this announcement, from this move, in fear that it would, um, you know, put in into jeopardy any particular type of peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And so, uh, you have the European Union uh, uh, ambassadors who boycotted the event today. I just read a report that they boycotted the event, these the ceremonies, the dedication ceremonies today. Um, and and so you only have a handful of countries. Um, three or so, two or three countries that have said they will also move their embassies. Now, of course, President Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel all hope that, uh, that it will become the norm for countries to start moving their, their embassies to Jerusalem, um, but that's all sort of um, still to be determined.
Great. Well, um, this is your last day in the U.S. You're packing up, leaving to go. Uh, you'll be in Jerusalem in like a couple days, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm so excited to be back. Uh, I, I I love obviously love going to Israel. I'm personally excited to be back. I'm uh, uh, going to be taking my family to Israel with me and they're going to be spending time there. We'll be there for about six weeks. And so uh, I'm just really, really excited to be back in Israel and um, just really just loving the idea of almost 2000 um, students uh, making their way to Israel and really just anticipating the life-changing journeys and stories that we're going to be hearing um, from this summer's trip. So, yep, I'm excited to go. Can't wait to be there. Great. Well, I will be on the ground with you uh, shortly in, a, in about a week. So excited to see you there. Uh, I'm in Chicago right now. You're in Florida. So safe travels and uh, see you soon in Jerusalem. Thanks, Jeremy. You too. See ya. Uh, bye. Hello, Rachel here again. We are going to take a quick break to remind you that if you want exclusive updates like this all summer long to the inbox of your choice, go to passagesisrael.org backslash subscribe to Pulse. Now back to Jeremy as he chats with Luke Moon, the Deputy Director of the Philos Project, about the move of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. So, hey Luke, uh, thank you for jumping on a call with me uh, really last minute to kind of talk about um, the events that went down today in Jerusalem um, with the opening of the U.S. Embassy there. Um, so I just got off the phone with, um, with Scott and I'd just like to ask you maybe a few follow-up questions, um, regarding, regarding this topic. Um, so kind of picking up where I left with Scott and kind of, you know, what, maybe what's the international response to, uh, the U S opening, uh, their embassy in Jerusalem, what, what can potentially or, or does make this, uh, this diplomatic decision so controversial? Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. It's great to talk to you. It's great to talk to your listeners. Uh, I think the thing that makes this decision controversial is that, uh, you know, a lot of nations see Jerusalem as in like uncontested territory. It's, you know, both the Israelis and the Palestinians uh, want to see their capital in Jerusalem. The Israelis actually have for sure for it. The Palestinians do not. And so by moving the embassy, uh, the Palestinians feel as if the Israelis are, are setting that issue. Uh, this was one of the most controversial issues. You know, there's others uh, within the international community, I'm thinking the UN and some of the European countries that are saying, you know, Jerusalem should be an international city. Maybe neither Israel or the Palestinians should get it. It should be this, uh, you know, regulated by the internationals uh, kind of city, which I am not 100% sure that that's the most uh, favorable towards, towards the Israelis or the Palestinians, really. Um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously a decision that Trump's makes as well is by default controversial. And so it's right. kind of, it's, it's added to, you know, a list of, oh my God, I can't believe he did that kind of things. Sure. So, so then on that note, it's, it's controversial for, for many reasons. So there must have been thought that went into um, going through with this decision on the United States. So why then, what would be some factors that would make it strategic 
for the United States to open their embassy in Jerusalem. And then on that topic as well, do you foresee any immediate challenges uh, with this decision for, for the U.S. Or, and or Israel? Well, I, I'm not sure that I would actually call it strategic in terms of like it's strategic for a nation to locate its embassy in the capital of a country. Well, not really. It's not really strategic. It's like normal, right? Like, don't, right. We don't go French and say, you know what? I'm going to stick our embassy in Lyon because that just is prettier there. You know, it's like, no, we stick it in the capital country. So it's it's one of those things that's like, well, that's not all that spectacular, but it's made spectacular because it's Israel, Jews, and the Palestinians, and it's like represents so much more than just literally moving an embassy. It's which actually just happened was signs got changed. Like there was already a consulate in Jerusalem. There was already a place where people were getting visas and doing embassy type things, and it was called a consulate. And now it's called an embassy. Oh my gosh, shock and awe here. No, but really what, to, to take it where actually it, in a more serious note, um, under, uh, when, when President Clinton signed a law uh, saying that the embassy should be located in Jerusalem, uh, that was passed by the Senate almost unanimously, uh, a, a caveat was added into that law that said the president had to make a, had, had basically, if he wasn't going to move the embassy, uh, he had to state that he wasn't going to move the embassy by signing a waiver. Now that waiver had, comes due every month. And, uh, it, you know, Clinton signed it several times. Uh, Bush uh, signed it several times. Obama signed it several times, and actually, it first came due with Trump uh, right after he got inaugurated. So actually, this was the second time it had, the the waiver was coming due, and and the decision was made. Hey, let's just let's just uh, make this happen. And so, it's it's not all that controversial if it was with any other nation on earth, but because it's Israel and the Palestinians and the Jews and the Arabs and all that sort of stuff. It's obviously controversial. Sure. So, like, one thing that, one argument I think I've heard, you know, while, while Trump was campaigning, uh, even, even as he's been president, an argument against moving um, the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem is that it would, it would absolutely halt, if not destroy, the peace process. And so do you think you can maybe give your opinion, share your thoughts on what you think this will do with the peace process. Right. Well, it's, it was uh, lambasted for that, uh, that it would, you know, this is going to destroy peace process, whatever. The reality is twofold. One is that both the, both Trump himself and uh, President Pence and Nikki Haley and all the major players have all stated that this does not preclude where a Palestinian state capital will be. So they've already they've all stated like this is this isn't settle anything. All this does is recognize uh, Israel's capital as as Jerusalem, but it doesn't say that 
by default, it's not also the Palestinians' capital, right? So there is always, there's, it, it doesn't presuppose anything. Also, I think it's important to note that this decision was not made, you know, just randomly by a bunch of people sitting in State Department or the administration office or whatever, but the uh, other regional powers, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, they were all briefed about this move ahead of time. And even uh, uh, I hear they, they also signed on to it and uh, instructed the Palestinians uh, to, to accept uh, the, the subsequent uh, peace deal that was supposed to come after. Um, you know this because the, the Palestinian leadership was brought to Saudi Arabia uh, the week before the announcement was made, and, and we hear that they were briefed on on all of it. Um, doesn't make it easier uh, for for them to handle, but the reality is that any view, any issue related to the Middle East, you really have to zoom out and look at how does this play with the rest of what is happening in the region. And really, what is happening in the region is there is an Islamic civil war between the Sunni and the Shia largely between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And this issue plays right into that. Why? Because the Saudis and Saudi and Jordanians for that matter, which are Sunni states, they need Israel's muscle against Iran. And what happens we, uh, well, actually not even last week, yes, it was last week, um, that uh, Israel uh, took out 50, Iranian positions in Syria. Is that, is that completely unrelated to this embassy move? Not at all, right? So you have to like zoom out a little bit and see how this plays in the rest of the region. It was one of the, one of the deal, one of the aspects of the deal that, that Israel was, was putting forth. Listen, if, you, if we're gonna come on board with you guys in your fight against Iran, then you have to accept uh, the US moving its embassy to Israel. Right? Because if the U.S. moves its embassy, so will other nations. And that's already happened. Uh, quite a few uh, nations in South America already are either have done or in the process of moving their embassy, as uh, is the Czech Republic and some other uh, European states. So, mm. so um, also today, unfortunately, today started off with tragic events in Gaza. Uh, and now I just, uh, just on my phone, just a few minutes ago before I got on this call with you, reports uh, that Palestinians have now raised the death toll to uh, 52, uh, several hundred wounded in protest of this diplomatic decision. So can, can you share your thoughts on uh, what is happening uh, down on the Gaza border in relation to uh, opening the embassy today? Right. So, unfortunately, this coincides um, with uh, what the Palestinians call Nakba, which is uh, which means catastrophe. It's they they call it uh, the day of catastrophe. Also, they call it the day of destruction. It's it's the day. It's basically the day that Israel was created and that the Palestinians lost uh, their lost the. Uh, the war, or if you will, or, or actually started a war, but it, it, was, it was really the, the day where Israel was, was born, uh, modern Israel, that is. Mm -hmm. um, what that 
says is that this is actually an annual protest. This is, this is not unique to this year. This same test happened last year, the year before, the year before that, and the year before that. Uh, this particular um, one is particularly bad, too, but it's not like uh, this, is, this is a rare occurrence. Actually, this has been part of um, what has been called uh, the Great March, which, which was a 50-day uh, uh, action done by both uh, violent and nonviolent groups within, within Gaza, uh, aimed at um, both kind of raising the awareness what is happening within the Gaza Strip, but also uh, as a you know a, a, a show of antagonism uh, towards towards Israel, and so it is it is tragic. Uh, Fifty uh, Palestinian uh, young people, uh, probably I should say, uh, it's assumption there, but most likely uh, were killed, and that you know many uh, hundreds were were wounded. But we have to again. And see this within the context. This is an annual. This one is particularly bad, but it's it's as uh, you know a show of uh, we remember this day different than you. Sure, sure. So you were mentioning to me before we we press record here that uh, on the world stage that there are some things kind of moving around in light of uh, the United States decision. So can you maybe speak on to like on the world stage that uh, maybe some people that are following uh, in the United States steps and uh, maybe also, maybe we can conclude with, are there, is there anything that you maybe foresee in the immediate next weeks and months that maybe uh, will happen in light of uh, today's events? Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, is, is a result of, move of the embassy is that other nations that were kind of on the fence of should i move my embassy or not they've they've decided to join with with the u.s and move their embassies as well uh several countries within south america uh just last week there was there was an attempt by the european union to basically uh you know attack the u.s for for making the decision to move its embassy uh decision was was defeated uh, by particularly the Czech Republic, uh, Hungary, Hungary, and in Austria, and those in particular are in the in the process of particularly the Czech Republic is in the process of moving its embassy as well, uh, and I think we'll see uh, several African nations uh, move their embassies um, and perhaps even uh, Australia. Um, the UK is a potential. Uh, we'll see if. You know how how uh, the you know the politics of the UK you know play out, but you know there's no reason they, they couldn't so move the city. Uh, so I you know it's not like it's it's the U.S. against the world and you know the U.S. plus Israel against the world. As it seems it usually is. Uh, there's a lot of players that are actually looking at this, going, listen, like we've we played. We tried to, you know, give the Palestinians uh, and the, you know, every chance and, you know, see this through with a peace process. That's anywhere. And so, you know, forget it. Let's move our embassy to where the capital of Israel is, which is Jerusalem. Great. Well, 
Um, exciting day, historic well, your, day. Your other, your other uh, issue, what's coming forward. Let me yeah, just yeah. Uh, throw this out. You know, one of the things that, that we kept hearing uh, and we've heard several times uh, since the embassy decision was made was that there is some kind of uh, offer that has been drawn up that is that is um, supposed to go to President Abbas. Uh, the, the Saudis have had basically told the Palestinians, take the deal when it comes up. I don't know what's in it. Um, it's, it's a pretty tight hold. Um, but my understanding is, is it's, it's actually beneficial for the Saudis, or uh, sorry, for the Palestinians. Mm. Also say that this is an interesting move also for you know, evangelical Christian Zionist, uh, you know, uh, cause because you know this was a big push uh, for you know the the Christian Zionist movement, you know, to to get the president, whether it was on President Obama, you know, tried then to, or or you know, President now President Trump to move the embassy. The, it's actually a strategic move, I think, in terms of how this plays within the Christian Zionist space, because this is kind of an easy explainer, if you will. Like, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot of explaining and, and a lot of complicated words to say, hey, the U.S. should have its capital or its embassy in the capital of a sovereign country. Like, that makes a lot of sense. So, but once you take... Um, once you take the embassy move off the table, it becomes unclear what's the next push that you know the the you know most most staunchly Christian Zionist groups are going to push for, and that's where this kind of becomes more interesting because if it you know is it is it settlements? That's an incredibly complicated issue with with lots and lots of moving parts. It's not easily you know sold in a in a bunch of talking points and and a you know a, a postcard size explainer, right? It's, it's a, um, you know, it, is it uh, the peace process? Is it Jordan? Is it you know Lebanon? Like it it really become much more complicated picture once the embassy uh, issue is taken off the table. So it'll be interesting, I think, in the next uh, you know six months, next year, to see where um, where the the you know, the most uh, staunchly Christian Zionist groups go from here. Uh, and uh, we'll be watching. Great. Well, I know both of us and both of our organizations are gearing up for an exciting summer. Uh, that includes Israel. We're about to take about 2,000 students over there nearly entirely in the month of June. And you guys have um, PLI in July, right? Two rounds this, this year? Yeah, we have PLI in in uh, both July and August. We have two groups. Uh, there'll be two each. It's uh, basically we do deep dives in all the major issues. Uh, for, so, for example, we do we do a, a day of of Jews to support the settlements, a day of Jews against the settlements, and then we you know talk about how do we engage uh, people on the issue of settlements, um, and the idea being. You know, like like passages, we're not prescriptive on how we think people should should believe or or think about certain issues. But we want what people say to be really um, thoughtful and winsome 
and with with as much uh, on the ground facts as as they can have. Uh, and so, it's a re it's really great program. We're looking forward to to the you know we think percent of, of our PLI students this year are are passages alum. So looking forward to to working with them as and take them another layer deeper. Uh, into this region and and hopefully they can when they go back home to their communities uh, they will be you know advocates uh, for Israel and for uh, all that that entails peace in the Middle East and peace in Jerusalem that we're supposed to pour. Great well I know over here we're excited to kind of follow that along this year and see how that goes but um, well looking forward to a great summer thanks for diving deep with us. Looking forward to doing this actually more and more. Uh, trying to, one thing we're trying to do now with Passages Pulse and working very closely with you guys at the Philos Project is, uh, and I think we both share a similar heart that we just want to enhance the conversation. Um, not afraid to go at the things that are on people's hearts and minds and uh, excited to just continue to engage. So. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again sometime before the summer's over, um, but thanks for chatting with us today. For more exclusive updates from Passages on the ground all summer long, visit passagesisrael.org backslash subscribe to Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>